0: welcome to the genealogy happy hour a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries i'm amy and i'm penny and we're here to help you discover
1: your family tree from the beginning welcome to episode 52 today's episode we are going to be talking with renowned author and one of our favorites, Nathan Dylan Goodwin, about his new book, The Sterling Affair. We're also gonna cover some other things that he brings up in the book that were of great interest to us, which is uh, something regarding DNA, and of course, ordering documents in England. So we're at a little bit of genealogy research tips in there, along with a discussion on his book. But first, we have the wine. Of course,
0: of course we have wine. Today we are drinking um, Chateau Smith from Charles Smith. It is a uh, Cabernet Sauvignon from Washington State. It's um, elegant, full-bodied red. So it's got a lot of that berry and tannin, light tannins, but a lot of berry in it. And um, I ran into it um, at the local wine store here in uh, Tampa, and I, I think it's wonderful. Um but it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to find, too, So uh, in high demand. But um, I think it's a really great red. Well, I'm looking forward to
1: trying it whenever we can get back together because this month is April, and Amy and I are social distancing, and we are podcasting from our own homes this time, trying it out. We are not techie at all, so we're crossing our fingers that this turns out well.
0: I hopefully I, I think we've got it. I think we got it together. So yes, we are having um happy hour um by the internet. Yeah. So all right, so let's um, get right to um our discussion uh, with Nathan Dylan Goodwin. Well,
1: we would like to welcome Nathan Dylan Goodwin to our podcast, and we're going to talk to him about. The Sterling Affair, which is his latest book, and I found it to, to be so wonderful and so complicated. There are so many storylines. So, Nathan, welcome.
2: Hello. Thank you for having me again.
1: And um, we're just going to jump right in, and I wanted to ask you, first of all, how did this story evolve? Because it is so complicated. Did you, did you kind of have it? mostly planned out partly planned out or did some things come about in your research because i know as you post online you do a lot of the research that um, morton does did things come up that alter the story
2: yeah so um i i kind of have known for quite a while probably two or three years i wanted to do at some point uh, a spy related story because i thought it kind of lends itself completely to, to, uh, to Morton and genealogy because, you know, if someone's trying to hide their identity, it kind of it fits really well. So I've always had that in the back of my mind. Um, and then whilst I was researching uh, the and writing The Wicked Trade um, and I was at National Archives, I kind of looked just tentatively to see what was out there record-wise because obviously um, records for MI5 and MI6, there's not too many of them for obvious reasons, you know, all the security services. Um, but there are some, and they're slowly revealing uh, more and more. And so uh, once I'd finished uh, with the Wicked Trade, I then went f- completely into the, doing the research for the Sterling affair, um, and I kind of had a general idea. But uh, the story always it evolves uh, by itself seemingly, and the characters kind of do things that I hadn't thought of. Um, and then you know I'd come across a new record, and I think oh that'd be really good to tie that in and. Sometimes I didn't quite know where the story was going, but uh, you know, I then would have to go and find another record or another uh, document or something to kind of see where it, uh, how Morton was going to manage to solve it. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's kind of the way it always is. I probably knew maybe 30% of the book when I started. And I, when I started writing, that was kind of a bit scary. It's like, well, where's the other, where's the other 70% coming from? Um, but it just, it just does, it does happen. Mm-hmm.
0: So, how long does it take you to just research the um, the historical setting portion of, of your of the book, and then, of course, then you've got to—is um, that what that's the thirty percent?
2: Yeah. So the, the research—if I get the research right—then mm-hmm. the book tends to write itself mm-hmm. because I've got everything. I know everything. It was, you know, not everything, but you know, I know enough to get on with it. Um, the research is usually three to four months, uh, just with that's reading books about the time period so for the sterling affair it's set during the suez crisis so books in the about 50s 60s um and looking at documents and going to national archives and going to libraries and museums and wherever i need to go to try to get as much done as i can but inevitably as i'm writing i think oh i need still need to buy another book or i need to go back to the national archives or i need to download another document. Um, I try to get as much done at the beginning as I, as I can mm-hmm. um, and then the story, the plot then develops out of out of the research and again I'll, I'll come up with something I'll hit on something, oh that's a, an interesting story mm-hmm. and um, Mawson, everything that Morton does in the books I do first
0: Okay Alright so you, speaking of the, the records that, um, that Morton uses in, in this one, um, you know, you bring up the fact that, um, you know, for the um, the uh, MI5, MI6, a lot of those were redacted. So you might think, oh, my gosh, this is great. Here's a record. And then you go into it and everything is black <laughs> or blank.
2: Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's exactly what happened
0: are any of those records now um i mean have they unclassified or declassified any of that or is it still mostly classified it
2: it seems to me a little bit hit or miss like Mm -hmm. i can't really see why some are redacted obviously if it's redacted i can't see why they've redacted it but there are Mm -hmm. there are parts that aren't redacted and then you suddenly see one where there's part of a document but they've put uh, like a sticker over the person's name or Mm -hmm. a key sentence Mm -hmm. in the middle of it and you're thinking what did that say but it doesn't seem to be like anything from a certain date is now out of category. There are things relating to the um, Mm -hmm. Perfumo affair, I don't know if you've heard of that but it's a big scandal here Mm -hmm. um, with, with an MP in the the Mm -hmm. early 60s and you know most of those documents are now out there but there are still parts that are are redacted and you know i don't know why Mm because i can't see those but so it's a bit hit and miss so you Mm -hmm. yeah you do go i went to national archives and i ordered a document thinking this is brilliant this is exactly what i need and you turn the page and it says no 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 (laughs) no and so you and you you then lose the context of it because Mm -hmm. they they put like they bind a, a document together With all the related letters and documents and correspondence um they put it in chronological order but of course they then it's just blank pages so you then start to lose the thread of what you're reading and you can't see who it's addressed to or who it's from and you know so um, it's interesting yeah it's challenging
1: challenging for sure
0: absolutely well morton uses some, uh, some other very interesting um records that we really wouldn't think of to go to first in genealogy. Um, one of them I thought was, was brilliant was the um, the Aero Club records, where he was able to go in and look at um, one of the characters' um, uh, pilot's license and get a lot yeah. of information off of that, a, a lot of genealogical information off of that, which was not something that uh, you know we would think of. But I thought it was very interesting using the photograph and... By reading the photograph and going and finding the photographer and um, the, the type of flowers that were used in the corsage, Morton was able then to locate a record. I thought that was a little out there but um, when he came to the floral <laughs> corsage part, but <laughs> um, I also thought it was, it was kind of brilliant because he was able to track down that photographer in that time period. So those were very unusual.
2: Yeah. How did you how did, <laughs> you, come doable, up, how did you come up with that? Yeah. I, I kind of I, I knew I needed him to be able to identify um, a photograph and it did, it did take me a while to think this needs to be plausible even though it's not mm-hmm. that likely that you could do that. I thought mm-hmm. it needs to be plausible. So um I, it took me a while of, of trying to Figure things out and thinking, and then actually doing that—those taking those steps. So, if you mm-hmm. if you put just a person's first name into FreeBMD and the registration district, like how many names does that come up with right. reasonably? And mm-hmm. if you went to an archive uh, like London Metropolitan Archives, um, how many of those churches would you hope to find in there to be able to locate the marriages? So, mm-hmm. it is doable. <laughs> just, just, just. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So, and then, yeah, and, just, and the photo just happened to be taken outside the church and he was able to, you know, but yeah, it was good. <laughs> it was good. Um, definitely something, I mean, we've had a photo challenge here on um, our podcast. Where we've taken a photograph um, and it had the name on the back and then trying to, to do the research on that. So um, definitely that's um, it's a good challenge for anyone, for sure. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Nathan, when you are, uh, or
1: when Morton you are ordering documents you know i know we talked about this um, when we talked to you before how quickly he gets them like, super yeah, fast yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and that's not always the case but are you ordering them from the national archives or from the gro which is the what general
2: register register office yes yeah so do you mean like uh, birth marriage and death certificates correct yeah so um the, the way I order them and the way Morton orders, orders them is, uh, yeah, so you, you get the details from Ancestry or FreeBMD or wherever, um, and then you then go to the GRO website. And if I'm ordering for me, then I use the, the standard service, which is um, between, if it's uh, a PDF uh, document, then it's like £6.50, I think it is. Um, but if it's a postal one, it's 11 whereas Morton uses the 24-hour, service which is a, a lot more money but then you get it the next day so that service exists but i don't think many um people knew that unless you're very rich or you need to write a story where you've got to have the answers quickly
1: got it well i'm um uh, after reading the book and i thought i've got a lot of uh, ancestors on my husband's side that i needed to research mostly to find out parents um, or a definite birth date so I thought, I'm going to do it. I'm going to order yeah. one. And uh, I went, like you said, onto Ancestry and got the information. And they do have a little link there that says, order your document here. No,
2: don't, I, do clicked, don't do
1: that. Don't do that because it's no. like 30 bucks. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not paying $30. <laughs> no. So I, I did go to the GRO site, which is, I wrote it down so everybody can know, now, uh, GRO.gov.uk and then you can order your document using the information from ancestry. Yes. Um, it was for me it said 7 pounds for the pdf and 11 yep. if i wanted the actual document.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: So i ordered it. I haven't gotten it yet. It's been a while. So i'm assuming okay. maybe they're closed because of
2: I be. have have ordered any during lockdown. So <laughs> yeah, that could be it.
1: Yeah, that's I'm I'm guessing because every time I go to check and you can check on your order, yeah. um, it says in
2: process. Uh, so so you, it's about it's a, about a week for the postal full full copies. It's about a week over here. So um, yeah, they must be uh, staff shortages. Or, I think yeah, so. Or maybe complete because
1: it's been about two weeks, and I thought it would be. It, it said it, yeah. I should have gotten it in like six days. I think Amy and I figured out. Yeah. Um, and I haven't, so, and it, but it still says in process, so I'm still hopeful I'll, I'll get it one of these days. But I was really excited about that. I was like, okay, working like Morton, doing it. <laughs> um, and the other thing that he, or that you introduced me to in this book is the DNA painter. And he, Morton uses it quite a bit in this book. Yes. And I was like, what is the DNA painter? So I had to look it up. I registered on there. I watched an hour-long video um, by the creator, uh, who is Johnny Pearl. Uh, Yeah, He did a great video, very, very easy to understand, so I get in. Unfortunately for me, I only have one relative that has uploaded their DNA to GEDmatch where I could Use that information on the DNA painter. Everybody else is in an Ancestry and is just um, yeah. hasn't moved it. But it is—it's fun. I could see if I had a lot of thing, you know, a lot of people that I could merge that into. It's—it's it's really fascinating. How did you find that?
2: I can't even remember now because I—I um, think it's probably I met Johnny a few years ago. I think at uh, Roots Tech, maybe three years ago when the website was just kind of. Uh, just released and he, um, you know that chart of um, different centimorgan amounts that Blaine came up with, he basically made an interactive version, so if you type the number of centimorgans uh, that you share DNA with somebody, um, then it, it highlights the boxes of how that could be, all the, all the potential options. And I think I think first of all I used it for that most of all to see then how, could, how, how am I, I used it myself as well as uh, in the book, how could I be related to this person um and from there he's kind of developed these various tools on there there's the family tree tools but the um i, I really like the the wayto tool i think americans call it Wato. um but yeah uh, the Waito tool. it's like what are the odds so it tells you what statistically the chances that you're somebody can be a parent for example if you're trying to look for an adoptee parent and you're you can put the target person in and say what's the chances of this person and you need several uh member member of the family to be tested to be able to do that Um, and it kind of just gives you a a bit of a a clue as to where to look so yeah I really love the website for me and for for Morton.
1: So is Morton going to be using more and more DNA research as the books develop?
2: I think I think so I think it's you know when I started with um, Hiding the Past I'm very glad I dated each of the books so if someone picks up Hiding the Past today it says in it 2013, and so they would because some authors in this genre they they say like it's set today, you know, they say present day. And uh, if you pick up the first book, you would go, well, why isn't he doing DNA tests? You know, so I'm glad, you know, so that that evolution with DNA um, being used more and more. I think it's you can see it through the series, you know. Um, so I think so. It's kind of you know it's a, a key tool really for us now, particularly for trying to solve you know crimes and. Uh, mysteries in the past it's a uh, it's something that I can't really avoid I, I love it anyway myself I, I think fascinating
0: right I mean now the forensic um DNA um in in forensic um crime work you know you've brought that in mm. which is right now um very um now and what's happening in uh, yeah. in the, in the DNA so um uh, <clears throat> yeah it, you'll definitely um be able to see that um, how the DNA has developed in genealogy um, through Morton's um, own work. So, yeah. should be more to come then. Yeah,
1: and yeah. in, in this book, in this book, Nathan, the side story of Morton's family. I know in other books past, his family um, history has been um, kind of a big chunk. This one was just like a little, little side story. Mm-hmm. That intentional, or did the did the other one just get to be too big? Because it was pretty big.
2: <laughs> yeah, so, so I mean, obviously, yeah, you know, it's not giving too much away to say that uh, Morton was adopted, and so you know, from the beginning of the series up till really the last book, so um the Wicked Trade, it was kind of his journey of trying to find his biological family, and I felt like that it's kind of gone. Again, I can't say too much in case people haven't read some books, but I, I think by the wicked trade that kind of that was wrapped up, and I didn't want to over-egg that to, uh, anymore. And mm-hmm. um, but there needs to be some kind of a sub subplot there with his personal life. So um, there's this new thread that's going to continue. So the next book uh, will pick it up on that. Oh, that'll be exciting! There you go. There's a
1: teaser. Yeah, so it was yeah. a good one. It was a good
2: one. Yeah. But I have to say, I'm uh, I. I've started to uh, write the next uh, book, and then I've been thinking, it's been really bothering me the last few days, being in lockdown now after three weeks, I'm thinking I really should write a Morton being in lockdown as well. And um, so I'm I'm midway through now, a story where he's set like right now, and he's in lockdown, and he's got to solve a mystery uh, whilst in lockdown about the, um, the Spanish flu. Um, but I'm going to put it on my website it's going to be like an interactive one where you get to choose some of the parts you take. So something different.
0: Oh, that'll be fun.
2: Very yeah. cool. So there you There's an exclusive for you. <laughs> I like it.
0: Awesome. Like Thank it. you. No, that's great. Well, it is challenging right now. Uh, like Penny said, she's still waiting on her documents to get here and yeah. uh, here in the States. Um, most of the libraries are shut down. So we can't get the obituaries and some of those things that you kind of depend yeah. on. And the other States, you know, bottle records are hit or miss depending on what they're doing. So it
2: mm-hmm. is much,
0: much more challenging uh, during this time. <laughs> yeah. So that would be cool. Good idea. Well, and to wrap this up, we have to ask you about
1: the scones in your book that <laughs> Okay. And I will say this, Amy's a little obsessed about it too, but when I first read, when he went in and tried the pear and gorgonzola scone. Yes. I've wanted that scone ever since that was mentioned. (laughs) The other ones were a little different. Peanut butter, Um, peanut butter, not so much. (laughs) (laughs) But what... Uh, I guess I want to know is how did you incorporate or where did you get the idea to even bring that in? And when are you going to be opening your <laughs> yeah. scone shop? Yeah. Who's,
0: who's, who's up these scones? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I would love to run that scone shop, but I think I would just eat all my profits because uh, I just, I just, I just love scones and I just thought it'd be quite you know, something quirky. You know, there was this a craze a few years ago for cupcakes and there were cupcake shops right. popping up everything. I thought yeah. a scone shop would be something different. So, um, so I had to, I had Morton's brother set, set one up, uh, which isn't it isn't real, unfortunately. Um, and the flavors, I just thought I once had um, a gorgonzola ice cream with a warm pear, and it sounds horrible, but it was really delicious. And so I thought that might work in a scone.
0: Well, we are going to be looking for on your website for um, your um, Spanish flu um and see how um, Morton handles that while he's in lockdown. And you'll let us know when that's um it's up and going.
2: I will. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I will tell you.
0: Awesome. Very I'll put good. It on
2: the social media page. Perfect. Yeah.
1: Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Yes. Very well. Nice. As always, it's wonderful to talk to you. About We look forward to the next Morton Ferrier mystery
0: when it comes out.
2: Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for
0: having me. So we heard it here first. There's going to be, uh, Nathan is going to be putting out a Morton Ferrier interactive um, story on his website soon. And as soon as we have more information about that, we will um, post that on social media, won't we, Patty?
1: We sure will.
0: Awesome. Well, it's always good to talk to Nathan and, uh, we just love his books. So you can, um, go to our website. We have, um, the Sterling Affair up there. You can, um, find out more about it on the website and, um, where you can get your copy. So until next time, cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website,
1: www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books,
0: and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly and never drink around genealogical documents.